Where do you go when you're stuck in a chapter of your life that is painful, confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming? Go to achapterafter.com where you can learn to make simple transitional steps to find the way into your next chapter and hopefully your best chapter. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke and I'm joined today by Kat Saltmarsh Voss. Kat is... Uh, a living testimony to the phrase, what if everything you're going through right now is actually preparing you for what you always wanted? She experienced a life-changing injury in June of 2017. So we're at the five-year anniversary of that. She had no way of knowing that this would literally put her on a path directly to what she wanted in her life. Kat, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. So give us, give us the backstory. What happened in this accident five years ago that change the direction of your life. Okay. A little background. Um, I was working for a national nonprofit at the time. I was the executive director and um, my uh, organization was throwing an event. And uh, so <clears throat> everything went great for the event. And then as we're cleaning up at the end, somebody drove very quickly past me. He had a race trailer behind. He did a 90 degree turn a little too quick. And so his race trailer flew across the road and I had my back toward it. I was on the other side of the road. And um, so it, it didn't hit me, but it pushed me. And I, it was so quick that I couldn't, you know, jump out of the way or anything. Anyway, so as soon as I was pushed onto the ground, um, the wheels ran over both my legs. And so <clears throat> I broke both of my legs in eight different places. And um, while I was laying there on the ground, it was a blacktop ground and so very hot and, uh, um, you know, June 3rd of 2017. So it was a very warm day here in Colorado. I was surrounded by absolutely the perfect people um, to be there for me. And um, they were just all so supportive and everything. So before the ambulance even got there to, to pick me up and take me to the hospital, I was already seeing all these moments of gratitude. And uh, then I got to the hospital and I, they put me in a separate room um, in the ER. <clears throat> and I didn't realize because I was on a lot of fentanyl by then that um, I was waiting for my first surgery. I had no idea. And I don't know if they told me and I just didn't catch it or, or what, but anyway, I'm um, going into my first surgery coming out and realizing that I was going to be completely non-weight bearing, um, for five or six months. And, you know, you can always find humor in everything. And I certainly needed a lot of re good reasons to laugh and I found them too. But I remember that, um, the gentleman who ran over me, his, he and his wife were very good friends of mine. And so of course they felt terrible. And <clears throat> his wife was trying to figure out what I had lost or whatever in this accident. And, um, she said, where did you get those cute pants? Cause of course they cut my clothes off and everything. And I said, they were just denim jeggings. And she goes, no, they were so cute. Uh, where they had that cute pattern. Where did you get them? And 
I told no. And I looked down and they were actually still laying over the side of the bed from where they'd cut them off of me. And I looked at it and I realized they were tire tracks that she was talking about. <laughs> we all laughed about that, of course, you know. So right oh. from the get-go, we're finding reasons to laugh. Um, they uh um anyway, so I get through that part. I um was wheeled out of uh recovery after my first um surgery. And uh, I get up to my room and my husband is up there. He was my ex-husband at the time. And he was up there in the room. He's my emergency contact still. And so he met me there and um, the news was on. And I, I remember they wheeled me in and I was like, turn that stuff off. That's so annoying. I don't need that right now. And he said, our son is in that. And so June 3rd of 2017, when they were having the London terrorist attacks, my son was in there and he wasn't. Um, he was safe, but I didn't know that at the time. And, um, but you know, they were on a bridge and stabbing people and everything. And oh, he a band, he's a drummer for a band that tours um, throughout the world. And so they had hid the band in time that they were safe and then had to sneak them out during the night. And they, um, they had another concert in Reykjavik and then he, um, flew there. So really the first time I remember really opening my eyes and being aware he was there, but I'll tell you how when you're concerned about your kids, <laughs> anything you're going in, um, through, even something as traumatic as what I was, um, it totally takes the back seat, you know, because of course, I, most, a lot of moms are fixers and I couldn't fix anything that I was going through um, and really couldn't fix anything he was going through, but I was so relieved when I found out that he was okay. Um, so I kept going through this. Um, they, after about a week, they sent me to another hospital and they did another surgery on my other leg and they had to rebuild my kneecap and everything. And, and I lost track. Oh my gosh. Several years ago of how many surgeries and procedures they've done on my legs. And then while I was in the wheelchair, um, I tore both my rotator cuffs because I was a runner. I was a marathoner before all this happened. And so I thought I was so in shape and everything, but you know, if you just run all the time, but you're not working out your upper half, then you're really not the shoulders, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, I'm wheeling around town and not realizing that I just didn't have the strength to do it. So I overdid it. And, and then I had four bad limbs. (laughs) So, um, but you know, it has been just an amazing experience. It wasn't long after Um, all this happened and I was finally home again, that I realized I came across this quote and it was the one that you, you uh, said in the beginning. And I, if I had kept all of my diaries and journals and everything since about middle school on, you know, all I wanted to do when I was younger was grow up and be a writer. But I always had these amazing jobs where I couldn't just stop everything I was doing professionally and do this. And um, so I realized, wow, I was on this path finally to be able to get to do the thing that I had always wanted to do. And I think there's so many people out there like that. They go through some kind of a life-changing injury or life-changing situation. And they, um, if, if they can look at the situation from the frame of mind that there is still gratitude to be found. They can, um, they can find what it is, you know, look, look back and, and look at your wins, but then look at what it is you're taking forward. At the beginning, I thought, okay, I've lost everything basically. And, um, um, you know, including up to, and including my independence. And that was a real tough one. That was probably the hardest. Um, but 
but I still, um, I still had this sense that there was so much, so much good out there. I was visited. Um, there are no visiting hours in the hospital, so people can come in day or night, anytime. And people did. And I constantly had visitors and that was just so, um, so positive for me. Um, but people would tell me as they came to visit me that they left my room feeling better than when they walked in. <laughs> and that's when I realized, you know what, I want to help people. I want to help people um, going through situations like mine or, or maybe their own kind of trauma in another way um, and help them find the lessons that there are. Because, you know, when, when we go through things, we're presented with the same lessons in life over and over until we learn the lesson. And so I don't want to take the garbage from that and go forward. I want to take all the great life lessons and know that I can be so much better um, on the other end. Um, I learned so much about empathy in going through this. Um, and I just uh, wrote recently an article about, about empathy and some of the things that um, to do and maybe not to do. Um, of course, everyone's situation is different, but some of the, some of the mistakes I've made all the mistakes myself um, in the past, but when you know better, you do better. And so that's, that's, um, you know, one of my things that I want to um, get across to people is how to be a good comfort champion to people going right. through things. And that's I awesome. have some amazing ones. Wow. This, what a, I mean, what a story. There's so many different directions that could have gone. And even I'm thinking of when I got an offender bender, and it wasn't even my fault. Like I got rear-ended. This was, yeah. I don't know, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And the guy got out of the car and he was just as angry as could be. Oh, and this, yeah. and I'm imagining you getting run over by two tires and it's your friend doing it. <laughs> I mean, and then you're over here, obviously, it, you know, the, right after that happened, maybe it was a different story. Maybe you went through some grief or some anger or some sadness. But now the perspective that you have five years later on it, that, you know, this was a, stepping stone. It was a change of direction in my life. I got to write now. I never had the time to write before and now I'm writing and now you get to have the chance to uh, use your gift in that way. So what, what was it or, or what is it about you and your personality or your mindset that got you to see the good, the positive, the gratitude in this situation so quickly and, you know, laugh with your friends in the, in the hospital room, right? What, what was it? How did you do that? Um, so I am very grateful that I was raised by a mother who lived in gratitude all of the time. And um, she's also a writer. She does an awful lot of writing. And I think that um, not everybody wants to write or not everybody is a writer, but sometimes just writing things out in your own handwriting um, and, and seeing the words out of your mind on paper, I think can, can uh, really help you um, get in the right mindset in life. And so from, from the, very beginning of anything um, of growing up, my mom was always pointing out the silver lining and not in a dismissive way, like, yeah, but at least, you know, not that kind of thing. Because right. um, that can be that can be tough. But so I was being like her, I think that whether it was wired before I was born or because of her, or if it was just learned because it was something she was always in the middle of, um, I just have always seen the gratitude side of everything, um, most everything. And it doesn't mean I don't get upset at times and, and that sort of thing. And I, in fact, I think that when you go through, um, through some big trauma or, or a life change of any kind planned or unplanned, 
it's really important to um, honor the steps of, of, of the process of grief um, when you're going through those. And one day, um, not long after I got home from the hospital, I was in my apartment and um, one of my friends came over and, and I wheeled over and opened the door for her and everything. She walked in and she goes, how are you feeling today? And I go, you know what, truthfully, I'm a little pissed off. And she said, if you had not said that to me today, I was going to be worried about you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Another friend said, if you don't allow yourself to go through these stages, it's like holding five balls underwater and they're going to pop up. You can't keep yeah. those things tucked in all the time. And so I really felt like I, I was good about knowing that's what I was doing when I was sad. I allowed myself to be sad. Um, if it was Saturday afternoon and I was sad for, you know, pain has been horrible. You know, I mean, pain is, has been like the main uh, part of the last four years, five years for me. And um, so there are times when you just have to breathe through it because it's really intense. And um, so if I was feeling sad about, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do? This is really awful. And, and um, I'm just sad that I'm in this situation. I would think, okay, you can be sad, but tomorrow morning when you wake up, we're going to get to work. And, um, and so I just always was aware of these stages and a lot of people aren't aware and they feel out of control and they feel like they're having emotions that they're not comfortable with. I wasn't comfortable with, um, sadness and anger, but those are the two that I seemed to pop back and forth between. And I was, I was going, I was in therapy and, uh, going to go through this and, uh, um, I remember going into my therapist and telling him, I really want to get to acceptance and be done with all this stuff. And so we would work on it. We did EMDR. We did all these different techniques that he had to offer. And I just wasn't getting there. I would think I was there in one minute and the next day I'd be mad again, or I'd be sad again, you know, or, or bargaining or whatever it was, you know? <laughs> and, um, uh, and finally I just said, you know what, I'm just going to stop putting this pressure on myself. And I really just sort of changed my focus and there's some great ways to do that. And I changed my focus and you know what, the next thing I knew, I was in acceptance. I was in a place of acceptance that has continued. And, um, and I realized it had happened a long time ago. I just, it was so subtle, but it was when I stopped focusing on it, that, right. that it started happening. Right. Um, but I would just really focus on, on the wins, focus on the things that I could do. There's so many things I couldn't do suddenly, but what could I do? And that's what I, um, that's what I live by, I guess, because, um, I am still, there's a lot of ways I walk with a cane. I have a limp. Um, you know, if one leg isn't hurting, the other one is, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Right. Constant. Um, but I, I am exactly in the right place that I'm supposed to be right now. And my life was so busy before the accident. I was constantly um, volunteering if I wasn't working in nonprofits and I was running. I was really involved with my running community. Um, I, I couldn't have heard the universe trying to tell me anything, even if, I, if, if it had something to tell me. And what I realized is what the universe has, has a message to tell you they will, the universe will slow your, not only slow your life down, it will bring it to a stop. Right. To listen, which is what happened to me, but it's the only way I would have heard it, you know? Right. Well, and I think, oh, go ahead. 
Well, there's so many ways that I was helping people before my accident, right. and but they weren't the right ways. I was mm. I was capable of of so much more, and what I'm doing now is completely focused on helping people. I'm not fundraising, um, you know, on top of it or um, or throwing events and things like that. I am totally focused on what it is that's in here that I can put out that's going to help other people. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I want to go back to one thing that you said about your mom. Mm-hmm. You said that she was, she she was always seeing the good and everything, but without like, I forgot what word you said. Um, dismissing. With, without dismissing it, right? Mm-hmm. Without like, the first thing that I thought of was the joke that you had with your friend. Like, if she said, "Oh, you know, oh, what a horrible thing that happened to you," and you know, you could say, "Oh, well, at least I got some nice pants out of it." Yeah. Right? Like, it's <laughs> right. almost like a little bit sarcastic, right? Yes. Yes. But to mm-hmm. to truly find the the gratitude mm-hmm. in something doesn't mean that you go in with rose-colored glasses and then you don't see all the turmoil and difficulty that's going on. It's just that mm-hmm. you see so you see the bigger picture of gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. You, you um, and that's something that's hard. And that this is something that I've really struggled with recently is I was always that optimistic person that the worst thing in the world happened to me. And I said, oh, well, at least, you know, I still have this, I still have that, I still have this. And, but it was fake. I didn't mm-hmm. allow myself to feel that. So I, it's great that you're saying, you know, you allowed yourself to feel the sadness, the anger, the mm-hmm. hurt. Yes. Um, and, and then it just sort of moves through you, right? Emotions have a very short life if you just don't hold on to them, right? Just kind of let right. them pass, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what kinds of things do you talk to people about now? What kinds of, um, like, what kinds of patterns do you see in people that you, you want to tell more than one person at a time? Like, hey guys, when, when this happens, you know, I see this, this, and this, like, what are, what are some advice that you want to give people who are going through something that's very hard for them? I think the main, the, the first most basic thing that somebody can do. Um, and, and just for a second, let me say, when I talk about planned or unplanned changes, um, you know, uh, you, somebody plans to retire and they're so excited. They've worked their whole lives. They're excited to retire and everything. And then, um, they wake up the next morning retired and they're like, now what? And they don't know what to do with them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, um, so, so sometimes things that you're looking forward to still come with their own bunch of challenges, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. And so I, yeah. So I think, um, I, I tell people the very first thing that I recommend for people to do is to every single day, commit to writing down what you're grateful for. And I tell people to write down, not just the big things, um, but even the little things, you know, some, some wind on your face, um, uh, you know, a, a, a cute little kid you see that smiles at you because that always makes you feel good or or a dog that you know approaches you or something and and they're so sweet um and if you can start writing down all of the big things but then also the small things that becomes your focus um there i had one experience i thought i was just the gratitude guru and i knew all about gratitude and as i've been coming through this people come to me you know for help on gratitude but I had a real, real life-changing experience with gratitude. I did. And um, I want to tell you about that real quick. Um, so when I had the accident, I lived downtown Colorado Springs. I loved it. Um, and uh, I was divorced, um, although still close to my ex-husband. We have children. And so, you know, we're, we're so close. And um, every day <clears throat> uh, after he got off work or, you know, 
um, if he didn't have to work that day, every single day he would drive downtown and he lived a little ways out of town. And every day he would drive downtown to make sure I was okay. Um, because if I fell out of the wheelchair and it's shocking how easy that is to do, right. I couldn't get myself back up because right. I, I, you know, totally non-weight bearing. And after a while, you're terrified to even try, you know, um, to stand. So, um, so he would drive down there because if I didn't have my phone close by, I was really stuck. So um, after about 18 months of him doing that every single day, he said, you know, he said, why don't you just move back into the house? Because he said, you know, um, then I can help you every day. And I know every day that you're okay, but I can help you even more. And I was really, really um, apprehensive about that. And so after talking with some of my friends and everything, I decided that this seemed like the path that made sense right then. And so I, I did, I, I moved back in and after about mm, seven or eight months or so, I realized that the two of us couldn't stand each other <laughs> and we loved each other. There's no question, but we could not stand each other. And we were, it was like, it was almost just an endless circle. You know, I'd get annoyed. So I'd annoy him and he, you know, and um, so I thought, okay, this is terrible. This is toxic. And I don't want to be like this. And every other part of my life is so positive and this relationship is so difficult I need to fix this and so I don't know where I came up with the idea I think I, I mean it's just something I came up with I decided that I was going to commit to writing down three things every day that I was grateful or appreciative of him about so not only writing down my gratitude every day of just everything in life but about specifically about him three things so Fast forward a little bit, and I was at a friend's birthday party, and, and I talked with her a lot, and she said, so how are things going at home? And I looked at her, and I kind of did a double take, and I was like, oh my gosh, they're good. Like, we're getting along, and I hadn't even stopped to realize that we had gotten to that place yet, and, and we're getting along, and it was all because in, in my head, I was looking for things to write down outside of me. The energy around me was changing because I was writing them down. So then when I was writing them down, I was noticing them more. And it became a point where that was all I was noticing. I, the other things just didn't matter so much. Well, then his energy changed because he was being treated better. And of course, he reciprocated. And um, so I realized it had been two weeks since I committed to writing down three things every day. <laughs> Wow, that only took two weeks. Huge change, yeah. So about four or five months later, and that's when COVID hit and and everything, and and he was working from home and I was here. Um, we decided to get remarried. So wow, <laughs> congratulations! That's awesome. Thank you. So it is. It's it. Um, grat and that's that's only just writing down your gratitude. That's not doing any of the other thousand things that wow. that I yeah. do off and on, you know, to to help myself and that I recommend to other people. And that's from somebody who has always been really grateful. Um, you can still be in a very toxic relationship. So that whole process, I call it relationship repair one, two, three, because it's that simple. And so for people that are having a, a rough relationship with somebody, if you deem that relationship worth salvaging, um, then I really recommend that you try that. And a lot of people forget about one of the most important relationships in your, your life. And that's the one with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I actually have spent some time um, writing down three things about myself um, because, you know, as women, especially we have these impossible standards that 
that society expects out of us and being a mother, you know, you've got to do all these things to be the best mother and, and all these things. And, and so when you don't live up to those things on the inside, you start thinking poorly of yourself. Well, um, I started doing that for myself. I started writing down things of, uh, about myself that I was grateful for. And I started feeling a lot better about myself. Um, so I recommend that to people probably before even starting to work on other relationships. Yeah. Wow. Kat, that's fantastic. Um, to, to close it out, give mm -hmm. us uh, give us a quick synopsis of your book and about how to find it and about how to find you online and contact you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so my website is achapterafter.com. And on my website, you can find my gratitude journal. It's very targeted. So for, for people who haven't spent their entire lives um, being grateful, being intentionally grateful, um, or like my mom, who of course has my gratitude journal, she loves it. She said, it's so targeted and it's areas of your life that you wouldn't necessarily think of to be grateful. And, and so it kind of pulls those things out. So um, you can purchase my um, gratitude journal online. I also have a manifesting manual and it's, um, it's, it, it follows the life pie chart. And so each of the categories in a life pie chart, it's all um, divided up in the book and all the pages are laminated. So I call it the perpetual edition. And um, you can put your, your goals and, and the things that you want to manifest in each of those um, pages. I, um, and it's a larger book. So you have a lot of room, but instead of having a grad or a, a vision board up on your wall, that sometimes can be intimidating if you think people might see it and that sort of thing. Um, I make an appointment with myself every week and I go through mine every week and I just fine tune my, my goals and, and move things around if need be. Um, but, uh, so those things are available on there. I also have a chat forum on my website and I started a few conversations. Um, as people comment, I'm going to be really involved in that. And if somebody just really wants to share something, talk to me personally, my, my uh, email is on the website and um, I am happy to jump onto a Zoom call with someone or, or go back and forth with emails or something um, to help them. I just, I just want everyone to you know, to be able to be their best versions. Nice. And I think listening to this podcast, people definitely are on their way to that. I want to thank you so much, Kat. Again, this is Kat Saltmarsh Voss. I'm Chris Jenke for Health in the Real World. Kat, thank you again so much for joining us on Health thank in the you. Real World. Thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks for to learn more.